How are we doing, everyone? Welcome back to the second episode of the How We Doing podcast hosted by me, Eric Lee. That is right, people. We are back. We did not get canned. We are here. We're still here. We never left. Back like we never left, baby. And if you didn't like my hot takes of the last episode, you're not going to like them here. So hope you enjoy this experience with me. Hope you like me talking sports with you. And uh, let's just get into it. As we always do, start off the show with, we're going to talk football here, and we're going to talk about the New England Patriots' big win against the COVID Browns. My mistake, the Cleveland Browns, but they did have a few players out with COVID. But nevertheless, we're not going to take away from the Patriots' big win because they honestly shocked me. They showed me something right there, and that was a big win. And, you know, some people didn't think this game was going to be hard for the Patriots, but, you know, the Cleveland Browns, they were a playoff team last year. They went 11-5. and reached the divisional round. We didn't think they were. So on paper, the Browns looked like a tough team, especially with the defense they had. I was scared of this defensive line, Miles Garrett, J.A.V. on Clowney, those two coming off the edge. You know, I thought Mac was going to be pancaked by both of them, honestly. But surprisingly, he only got sacked twice. And, you know, we're going to give away, give away some credit pie to the offense, defense. And, you know, the offense finally showed up. And not talking about the rushing, the rushing has been great. But the passing game has finally returned. And, you know, after two straight weeks of mediocre passing play by Mac Jones, I don't think those were two good games from Mac. He's finally stepped up, and he absolutely showed up. I mean, the balls he threw to Kendrick Bourne, that touchdown, that was a great throw by Mac. Great play by Bourne, jumping up in there and catching it. Third and nine, he had a great dot to Jacoby Myers. Great find to him. And him and Hunter Henry are building something. Hunter Henry has absolutely stepped it up. Seven touchdowns in seven games by the tight end. And he's been a reliable target for Mack in the, in the red zone. So they're building something there, and you can feel it. And the, this just felt like the best game the offense has had. And you had to give credit mostly to why the offense played so well to this offensive line. I mean, we've got to give a hand to the offensive line. And there is a reason why that offensive line was so played so well. And that had to do with the return of Trent Brown. And him having that insurance of Trent Brown on the right side of the offensive line, it just made Mac so much more comfortable in the pocket. And he wasn't even pressured. This was a great job by the entire offensive line. This was their best game so far this season. And if they keep playing like that and Mac has time to throw, we're going to see this offense absolutely launch. I mean, the offense has been already going with the rushing. If this can develop in the passing game along with a healthy offensive line, healthy receiving core, and the quarterback has the time to throw, the Patriots are going to have a good offense going, and the offense are going to, can win them games when they need them to. And this was just, all in all, a great offensive showing by the Patriots. And when we look at the defense, the defense did another good job once again. That first drive was a little shaky. I mean, Cleveland established a run really quickly, and I don't know why they went away with it. Stupid coaching decisions by Cleveland's part. But that first drive was scary. Scary. We thought they would just absolutely run it down our throats, but they didn't. And that had to do with the Browns going away from the run, and Kyle Duggar gets a big interception. Congrats to you. I mean, you haven't played well this season in my eye, and you finally stepped up and made a good play. But all in all, the defense played well, and you got to give credit to this defensive line because they made Baker uncomfortable. 
and this defensive line has been getting better slowly every single week. That has to do with the, the emergence of Christian Barmore as a rookie defensive tackle. I mean, he's looked great. He's added something that the Patriots missed last season at the D-line. Matt Judon, I can't talk about how great Matt Judon's been. He's been absolutely explosive off the edge, and once again, he shows why people have to game plan to stop him, and you just can't because this guy's an absolute force, and you know he's been one of the Patriots' best players on defense. And I have to give credit to the secondary because this secondary was in shambles a few weeks ago against the Cowboys. And when you lost Stephon Gilmore, you traded him away, you lost Jonathan Jones to injury. I didn't know if J.C. Jackson could be that number one corner. You already know what you have in Jalen Mills, and Miles Bryant has filled in well as a slot cornerback. So, you know, the secondary has played well, and, this, and the safeties are stepping up. They're playing better. It's better defense all around, and it's, it's a good thing because ever since that Cowboys game, that the defense have been really frustrating, and they've been giving up that third and 24 to Dallas. That was really frustrating to watch, and you can see that Bill Belichick has finally taken control of the defense and they've absolutely played 10 times better than they are. And if, they're, and if the offense and defense keep playing like this, I mean, the Patriots have a real chance to be contenders for the AFC East. Gave credit to the offense and defense, but let's give credit to some players in this week's segment of yay or nay. And let me tell you, there's a lot of yays to pick from. Not too many nays to point out, but number one yay, got to go to Ramondre Stevenson, the running back. And you didn't know if Damian Harris or Stevenson was going to play this week because they were both suffering through concussions. Harris gets ruled out on Saturday, and Stevenson has to step up, and he becomes the number one running back. And he absolutely did his role fantastically. I mean, he bulldozed his way. And at his size and stature, I mean, this the Patriots hit on this draft pick of the running back. And, you know, some question why they picked another running back. But, you know, he's proved us wrong. And he's done a really good job. I mean, he they're building something here with the running backs with Harris and Stevenson. This running back duo, you can add Brandon Bolden in there, call it a trio. But Stevenson has stepped up in some big situations after he was in the doghouse in week one after fumbling against the Dolphins. So Stevenson has been climbing the ladder back up to Bill's satisfaction. So we go down to our second yay, and it's got to go to Mac Jones. Welcome back to the good side, baby. You know, I love when I praise you. You love it when I praise you. I mean, I freaking love this kid. I love this kid since he was out of college in Alabama. And when I heard that we were choosing Mac at 15, I loved it. You know, some may... Some may not like that pick. I was through the roof about that pick, and this game showed why he deserved to be picked at number 15. I mean, week by week, he's absolutely proving why he's the best rookie quarterback at the moment this season. I mean, he was absolutely on it, just on fire. He was on lock. He was accurate as always, and this is just after two bad weeks from him. To show out like that against a Cleveland defense that was really good and absolutely ruined Joe Burrow a few games ago, I thought Mac was in the same boat. But, you know, offensive line helped him. And once when he has that time to throw, he's going to be lights out. And the commentary team was talking about this, what type of quarterback Mac Jones wanted to be in the draft. He said he looked up to be a gunslinger. You want to be a gunslinger. Well, Mac, you are a freaking gunslinger. 
on Sunday. He was absolutely lights out. And if this is the Mac Jones we get every single week, we should be absolutely happy for the future and not even just about the future, but this season because he could take you to the promised land. Our third yay is going to be Trent Brown. And I talked about how big his return was. I mean, that, there's a reason why the offensive line did play well. And when you have the big boy right there on the right side giving you blocking away Jadavion Clowney, I mean, Clowney wasn't even noticeable. That's because Brown easily one-on-one -on -one took him away on the defense. I mean, if Trent Brown can stay healthy for the rest of the year, this offensive line will play to its capability that we thought they would starting at, the, at week one, at the beginning of the season. And, you know, Trent Brown finally looked like he was happy playing football again. I mean, to go through, to return to New England, to go back to a team that knows how to use you at the offensive line, and you get injured week one after like 14 plays, and you don't play for like that long time of a period, and you miss so many games, he looked happy during warm-ups from what I heard, and it's good to see him back because this guy's going to be a big part for the rest of the season, and if you get into the playoffs, he will be a big part protecting Matt. So we're going to go on to our nays. Once again, you know, the Patriots just played such a good ball game that there was too hard to be nays, but he can't always be too positive, and that's where I'm here to bring down some negatives. And our first nay is going to be Isaiah Wynn, and he just continues to show why he's just the weakest link of that offensive line. And, you know, this wasn't Wynn's worst game of the year. He's had worse, but there's one play in particular where he dives down and tries to trip up Miles Garrett or something like that. It was absolutely a hilarious play. I don't know what the hell he was doing there, but he tries to do something like a cut block. Garrett easily just passes by him and sacks Mac, which was Garrett's only sack of the game. After that, you know, I mean, Wynn held his own against Garrett, but, you know, Isaiah Wynn just keeps showing his downfall, and it just really questions why we picked up the fifth-year option with him and his contract. I mean... I mean, you could, you're probably just going to stick it out with Win, but, you know, they should prepare, the Patriots should be prepared to replace him because he hasn't been good this year, and you thought he could be returning from injury, but he just hasn't lived up to those expectations. Our second name is going to be Carl Davis. I know what you're going to say. Who the hell is Carl Davis? Well, let me tell you who Carl Davis is. He's, a, he's one of our defensive linemen, and he only played 18 snaps. There's only a reason why he played 18 snaps, because he jumped offside on one play. And he just looked absolutely confused out there. I don't know what he was thinking or what he was doing. And when he went back to the silence, Bill gave him a Bill gave him a word or two. And you know, when Bill gives you when when Bill's yelling at you for something you did wrong, that means you're in the doghouse. So Carl Davis, I don't know how you're gonna get out of the doghouse, but you know, wasn't a good game for you and you know, I'm just nitpicking things here because once again, you know, they played really well. Our third nay is gonna be Jacoby Myers. The punt return of Jacoby Myers. I'm not that harsh, people, okay? Jacoby, congrats on getting your first touchdown. He's a great receiver. Finally deserved it. But as a punt returner, Jacoby, you are not at all good. You're not good. And it just shows how much they missed Gunnar Olszewski that game because, you know, you're only getting, like, a few yards and fair catching the ball very deep into your zone where Gunnar can give you at least 15, maybe even 20 and one player in particular, Jacoby, called off the ball, and he thought it was going to end up in the end zone for a touchback. It doesn't. It goes out for the five. I think the Patriots still score off that. But, you know, Jacoby Myers is just not the ideal punt returner, and hopefully Gunnar Olsh and it sounds like Gunnar Olszewski is going to be ready tonight on Thursday 
to return to be the return specialist. So that's a good sign. But those are your three yays and nays. And as we look forward to the game tonight, Thursday night football, Patriots will be playing the Atlanta Falcons. Let's see what they got. You know, this game on paper looks like it should be in favor of the Patriots. I mean, you're better on both sides of the ball. Atlanta's been weakened. They don't have their star receiver in Calvin Ridley. Cordell Patterson, who's been their best offensive weapon, he's questionable. He's going to be a game-time decision after hurting his ankle on Sunday. And really, the only offensive weapon that Atlanta has and that you got to be aware of is Kyle Pitts, the tight end they drafted this year. That's going to be the real big threat in the Atlanta offense. I think Atlanta's defense isn't particularly that good. They're, they've had, they're just average all around. So in, on paper, this should be a game that the Patriots win. And if the Patriots lose tonight, cross my fingers, they don't. But if they lose, it just feels like all that momentum you built up since that Jets win is kind of gone. But if you win, look at the position you in are now. You got 10 days to rest up to play Tennessee, who you haven't beat Tennessee in a long time since Mike Rayroll was put in charge as head coach. And then after Tennessee, you play Buffalo on Monday night away. So you have these next two games after Atlanta, if you beat Atlanta, that you could honestly rise up to become the second seed, hell, even number one seed. And that's if you take care of business here in Atlanta and you focus all your energy on Tennessee and Buffalo. I mean, when we think back to that Dallas game and to see how poorly they played on defense, especially, and they ended that game two and four and you're playing the Jets. You know, it wasn't, you weren't in a good place. You didn't think we were going to even reach playoffs. You didn't think we were even going to sniff playoffs. And it just looked like we were going to have another bad season again of mediocrity. But they've changed ever since that Jets game. The Jets game built momentum. They beat a good Chargers team. They beat Sam Darnold and the Panthers easily. And they beat the Cleveland Browns, who had a good defense. That's four good wins that you've built up. And if you beat Atlanta, that's five. And you're building to something. And you're building to the playoffs. And you're building to a chance to win the AFC East. I mean, Buffalo has not looked the strongest as they did last year. Obviously, that hiccup with Jacksonville, that was a bad loss for them. And if you can beat Buffalo in, in one of the two games you beat them, and when you face them this season, you're in a golden spot to reclaim the AFC East and we probably none of us thought that was possible at the start of the year especially during the Dallas game it just seems like they are back and it's crazy to say it but who knew after a year of sucking last year they've returned and it looks like they're finally the team that we thought they were going to be on paper I mean all the signings have finally looked like they settled in and they're playing better football it looks like if the offense continues this passing and rushing game, they're going to look good. And if defense is still c- controlled by Bill Belichick, and Belichick's the one commanding the defense, I don't know why you shouldn't be happy that the defense plays better now. I mean, if you keep doing this and you keep going up and up and you're leveling your game every single game here, then I don't know why you can't say the Patriots are one of the contenders in the AFC. I mean, the AFC is just so open with these teams that you don't know who it is. I mean, even Tennessee, I mean, they've lost Derrick Henry and they've done well without Henry. 
but you still don't know. You mean, I don't think there's one team in the AFC that's like, that's a lock. They're going to be in the championship game. I mean, everybody's been up and down, and so far you've proven that you can be a good team when you play well on both sides of the ball. And if Matt continues playing the way he is, then I don't know, I don't see why you can't be in the running for the AFC winner in the championship game. But I think we got to hold off that expectations until we see how this game goes against Atlanta. Once again, cross my fingers they win tonight. They better. And then we look on to Tennessee and Buffalo. And if they can beat Tennessee and they beat Buffalo on the road, then, yeah, they're legit. But right now, they're a lock for the playoffs in my eyes. And they got a chance at the AFC East title. So let's start from there. But, you know, some people may not like this if you're not a Patriots fan. But they're back. They're back on the map. And every media... Every sports media outlet saying they're back, and it just it just feels good to have Patriots football back, and it feels good after that we how we suffered through that down COVID year, and you know to find them where they are right now, back almost at the top, climbing their way towards it. They got a young good rookie quarterback going on. Their offense is looking good. Their defense is looking good. I mean, I hate to say it, but they are back. And that's going to that's gonna make a lot of people mad because they thought the Patriots were going to suck again this year. Well, guess what? They're back. They are back. switch off to our Bruins minute so from one team that's been playing well we're gonna go to a team that's been an up and down roller coaster and that's our Boston Bruins and it just you know they seem like they're just you know hurting themselves they're beating themselves up in some games and I'm gonna go to the Edmonds game the Edmonton game for this one and they had the lead going into the third period and some sloppy turnovers from the decor and just some players just being in the wrong position. They end up losing that game to Edmonton 5-3. And they go on to win the next two games that they have on the back-to-back. But, yeah, it just looks like the Bruins are really a, just a middler right now. And I hate to say it because I really love this team. And I've been lo- loving this team these past few years as I've gotten into more about hockey. But... Yeah, it just, it just feels like they're just a middle-of-the-pack team. I mean, usually when we think about the Bruins every single year, we think that they could be cup contenders, and if they're not cup contenders, then they're a lock for the playoffs. But right now, how they've been playing, I don't know how you can say they're a playoff lock right now. I mean, we always say when we enter the playoffs, who's going to step up when the first line can't score all your goals? And so far, we still haven't found that answer to that question. I mean, the first line has still been... A majority of their goals it's been a more it's been a majority of their offense that first line the perfection line and credit to them for continuing the game i mean brad marchand once again is showing that he is their best player on the team and he's putting up another heart trophy candidate campaign and when you sign players like taylor hall you re-sign hall and hall was your big trade acquisition at the deadline last year and you saw how much he impacted your second line and he hasn't produced to what we thought he would. I mean, he we thought we would get goals and assists out of this former MVP. 
and we just haven't seen that. Craig Smith, who used to play on that second line, he's been demoted to the third line. He's put up 0 0 0, 0 goals, 0 assists, and 0 points. And Craig Smith was a guy who was a big part of your team during the playoff run. I mean, he was a, one of the big pieces who stepped up when you needed them, when you needed another player too. And Charlie Coyle had Charlie Coyle has had a good game on Sunday, scored two against the Canadians. But is Charlie Coyle the right center to play on the second line? And you know, it it just feels like the Bruins have finally reached that point where they may not be talented enough against other teams. And it's it's because of how they drafted. I mean, if you look at their drafts these past few years, name one player that we've drafted first rounds besides Charlie McAvoy that has really made a big impact to the team. I mean, Jake DeBrusque has been up and down. I mean, when Jake DeBrusque was first getting the minutes on the second line, he was producing, but he slowly faded out, and it's, he's the reason why you had to trade for Taylor Hall last year. And you look at the other guys, I mean, how many times have we heard that Trent Frederick, Jack Stunica, Anders Bjork, all these guys, all these young guys that had the potential down in Providence and that they, they were going to take over to be to go on the second line. In reality, they've just been third line or fourth line type of got players. And the fact that you're drafting these guys in the first round and you're only getting their max potential as a third liner, that doesn't sound good, even on the defensive side. I know Charlie McAvoy's been absolutely fantastic. We'll go on to more about McAvoy and his great play later on, but... Who else have they had on defense? I mean, you could say Matt Grizzlick, but Matt Grizzlick is not a number one defenseman to play along McAvoy. I mean, I love when they play off each other. Quick, fast, great, shooting the puck. But Matt Grizzlick, at best, is a second-line defenseman. I mean, hell, he was the third-line defenseman literally two years ago when you were at the cup, when you were going for the cup. So I don't know what else they have. You lost Lozon to the Kraken. And I don't know what Jakob Zaporol is. I don't know what Erho Vakenhainen is. And I don't know where this team's going to be at. And really, that's, I go back, let's go back to Charlie McAvoy. He's your best defenseman on paper. And he showed that on Sunday when he shot the puck. And McAvoy needs to develop him shooting the puck more. His offensive tendencies, he's great defensively, but he needs to shoot the puck more to be worth the contract he is and be that Norris candidate that we all know he is going to be. But the decor all around is just not really good, you know. I mean, I guess it's I guess it's average because you look at who they brought in to replace Lozon and to replace quote unquote Zdeno Char. You still haven't really technically replaced Zdeno Char, really. And they brought in Derek Forward from Winnipeg. He's been so so. I mean, sometimes he looks slow on the ice, and he's just there to be the big body you need to just give out hits and stuff. But yeah, it's just this Bruins team just hasn't looked good on the ice on paper, and we haven't seen them really win a streak of games to make us say, "Hey, let's not let's not forget about the Bruins here." They're playing like, what are the Bruins really? And it hates it, it, I hate to say this too because I'm a big fan of the Bruins, and I go up to the goalie talk too. I praise duo of Olmark and Swayman, and so far they've been hit or miss sometimes in some games. Jeremy Swayman was, has 
a big rebound problem. I mean, when the puck is shot at him, he kind of gives off the rebound really easily. It just bounces off him. And that's questionable, but I think Swayman will hopefully develop out of that and slowly get better. And Allmark sometimes just looks a little bit lost out there. He just looks like he gives out too much open room for inviting players to shoot on him. And he's gave up some fluky goals. And it looms the question, should is there a Tuka Rask return in the future? And Tuka Rask has been practicing in a practice facility down there in a Warrior Ice Arena. And it just kind of, it just feels like it's that looming question that maybe Tuka will be back when he's fully healthy. And I don't know what type of contract details will be, maybe the veteran minimum, maybe more. But it just feels like, did we just waste money on Linus Allmark then? I mean, I thought Allmark and Swayman was supposed to be the answer to our goalie troubles, and I just feel like it's not. Like, come on. I I'm, I don't want Tuka Rask back, but... If the goalie play doesn't get better from Allmark or Swayman doesn't, or Swayman can't put up some good, strong performances that makes us confident in him, then I hate to say it, but you got to get Tuka back. And as much as that pains me to say, it might be inevitable that it happened because this management and team just loves Tuka Rass, which I don't know why. But hey, I'm, I'm not management there. I don't see what they see in Tuka, obviously, but... If that's one, if that's the answer, then I guess to be. But the Bruins need to step it up, and it comes with other lines contributing besides their first line and goals. And they need some better play, and they need to build up some momentum. And momentum is going to be a thing that's going to be spread around this team because you know once you get to a third into the season, get to the halfway mark, and they're still a middler, fourth or fifth in the Atlantic Division, sniffing the wild card spot. They're not even sniffing third or second at the moment then then i would probably press the panic button and say are we going to be buyers or sellers at the deadline but right now the bruins are just playing like a middle of the pack team and that's really concerning to see where they've been the last few years in the playoffs transition to one disappointing team to the to another and that's going to be the Boston Celtics rant minute right now because once again the Celtics can't get over the 500 mark and that's proven after last night's horrible shooting performance by everybody and Tatum had a good game but the rest of the offense did not I mean the fact that they only had one player who scored off the bench in Josh Richardson is really concerning I mean I mean, this team just doesn't look any different from last year's team. And that's really concerning because I thought all these additions that were brought in by Brad Stevens and that Ime Udokas was going to fix everything. That's what Celtics fans were telling me. That's what everybody was hyped about. But it's not. Nothing's changed. This is the same freaking team. And it's frustrating to watch. I mean, how many times are they going to let us down? How many times are they going to blow a lead? They blew a lead to Cleveland. Cleveland, I know Cleveland's played better, but you have enough talent to beat that Cleveland team without Jalen Brown. And I know they were out with without Jalen and Robert Williams last night against the Hawks, but 
I mean, it's, oh, I mean, it's just frustrating to watch. And maybe it's just the growing pains of Ime Udoka as a coach. I mean, he's still new, pretty new to the job. He hasn't been the leader of the team. He's always been the assistant on in Brooklyn and wherever he's been. But it's 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 like, come on, just like, what is their set rotation? Who's gonna be that guy that's gonna come off the bench? I know they haven't been fully healthy, which is another frustrating thing. It's like well, they get one player back from injury, and then another goes off hurt, whether that's COVID or uh, leg injury or whatever it is, whatever the circumstances, it's just frustrating because we haven't seen this team fully healthy yet. And it's infuriating because once a person gets healthy, another person goes out. And going off all that, maybe that's, this affects how Idoka has, who, who he chooses to go off the bench. But one thing that frustrates me with him, you got to play these young guys more. I mean, Peyton Pritchard, Romeo Langford, Aaron Neesmith. We've been ta- we've been told by people how good they've played in the summer league and how good they are as draft picks, and they don't get any minutes. Peyton Pritchard, two minutes, two, two minutes last night. That's a guy who's balling out in the summer league. And you know, I'm not a big Peyton Pritchard guy, but I would love to see him on the court. I mean, come on, you gotta give these young guys some minutes. And I think this is where the growing pains of Ime Udoka is going to be. He doesn't know who to play. He can't trust these young guys, so he goes with Josh Richardson or whoever. If, if Dennis Schroeder is not in the starting lineup, then he's coming off the bench as well. I mean, he's trusting these veterans instead of these young guys who, who, hell, let's just give the young guys a chance. Because if you're not going to play the young guys, how are they going to develop? And how are we going to know that they've been good draft picks? I mean, it's so infuriating to watch. I mean... If this is the Celtics are once again are just looking like a mediocre basketball team, and with the talent they have, they shouldn't be this. They shouldn't. I mean, I thought they could be a four for fifth seed, but they're not. They're not playing like it. It's so infuriating. And I said that word a lot right now, but it just frustrates me and it makes me mad. Yeah, it's just it it's just these inconsistent up and downs from the Celtics team. It's just like I don't I don't like it. I don't like the direction they're going in right now. And to be honest, I don't know if we if if their things need to be changed. And who knows, maybe once they're fully healthy, they'll finally play like the team that we think they are. A healthy Celtics team, maybe they'll get hot, win five, win six, show us something. And it looks like Jalen Brown could be back tomorrow night when they play the Lakers, who've also been struggling as well. But they will have LeBron back, so... Good luck dealing with that guy, but you know it's 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 gotta find we gotta find that consistency here for this basketball team, and it's the same thing with the Bruins, and it's it's not a coincidence that, that these two teams are struggling at the beginning of the season, because on paper, they they look good, but they just haven't played to their expectations, and they just gotta be they gotta they, we gotta see something, and something I do want to address is reported last week by Shams about how the Celtics were pursuing or in on Ben Simmons. And I had a lot of Celtics media reporters and even Brad Stevens saying, no, that is false. We are not in on Brad on uh, Ben Simmons. That kind of seems like a cover out because it seems like they are interested in the thought of Simmons. And I think if you're a Celtics fan, I know a lot of us Celtics fans hate the Sixers and really hate Ben Simmons in general. I think we have to give it a thought about, hey, 
you know, if this team's just going to keep playing like it is and they need some shooting, I know Ben Simmons isn't going to add shooting, obviously. He's been horrible at shooting. But maybe this team just needs a mix-up. And I would be intrigued about Simmons. I'm not trading Ben Simmons for Jalen Brown straight up. I don't think you win that trade. You'd be stupid to do so. But I'm only trading for Ben Simmons if I know I have Bradley Beal in my back pocket. And that's just in fantasy land. I know the Wizards have played well. But let's just think about it in fantasy land. You get Simmons and you get Beal. And you pair them up with Jason Tatum. And in this fantasy scenario, your Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown are out. And whoever goes along to make those trades work. But just think about a big three of Tatum, Simmons, and Beal. Just think about how, how good that looks. And Simmons will be your three. He understands his role. Beal would be your two. And Tatum would be your one. And you're lining up Tatum to play with his best friend. And, you're, and Simmons can show that, hey, you shouldn't have doubted me, Philly. And I shouldn't have received all that hate that you sent to me. But that's fantasy land. We could think of all that. It's definitely an interesting scenario. But if we are talking about some mix-ups, this team needs some shooting. I mean, they're ranked 27th in shooting. And that's concerning because I thought the players that we brought in were going to help, specifically Schroeder, Richardson, and the young guys. But if the young guys aren't getting the chances that they should be getting, then we're not going to see them build on anything. And they're just going to be cold when they come on the court. And that's frustrating to watch. And as we go on season for the Celtics, if this if they're just going to be uh, fighting for the eighth seed, fighting for the play-in, then might as well trade away some pieces. And I'm not saying the young guys, but maybe trade away a team that might want Dennis Schroeder for the rest of the half of the season. But, you know, we'll enter that point when we get there. But right now, the trends for both the Boston Celtics and the Boston Bruins are looking down instead of up. So good thing at least one team's playing good in Boston because the other two are just straight disappointing. Let's get back to some positivity in this episode, you know. So uh, let's give out some awards. Here are your Howie of the Week and Selly of the Week. And we're going to start off with our Howie of the Week. And uh, it's going to have to go to Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, I know some people are going to want Mac Jones here, but I got to give it to the running back because the freaking kid balled out. I mean, 100 yards, two touchdowns, bulldozed his way for the Browns' defense. And I keep saying it. I mean, he was in the doghouse week one. He's out now. Knock on wood, he doesn't go back. But he, he balled out. And when you didn't know if Harris was available and he's available and he steps up, that was great by him. And it just keeps showing the Patriots hit on their, their first three draft picks of, the, of this year's draft and Jones, Barmore, and Stevenson. And we that's been a long time since we said that because the Patriots had some bad drafts. So congrats to you, Ramondre. And we're going to go on to our cellular week. And we actually have two. Hey, 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 I know. Cellular week should be one. But hey, if the Olympics can give two gold medals, I can give two cellular weeks, okay? So I'm going to give it to Cam Newton as our first cellular week, chanting out I'm back. Congrats on you, Cam, for being back. I'm glad you got a chance with Carolina. It's a great Two touchdowns in your first two plays back. Congrats. And our second celly of the week is going to be Jacoby Myers for his first touchdown in the NFL. I mean, been a long time running, and you finally got one. And it was just such a good moment to see the entire offensive team go out there and celebrate him and some of the defensive players. Even Bill Belichick gave them a high five or something like that. Good for you, Kate. I mean, you deserved it. But there are your rewards. There's your Howie of the Week. There's your celly of the Week. 
with that out of the way, that's going to do it for me for this second episode of the How We Doing podcast. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and follow for more episodes. If you want to know when the next episode is coming up, just follow me on Instagram at Lee underscore 13. You're going to follow me. Follow The Wire at Amherst Wire on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify. Check out the website. If you want to check out some articles that may interest you, check out the website. If you want to check out some podcasts that may interest you, check out the Spotify of Amherst Wire because we got a lot of good podcasts going on right now. It's a good thing. We're finally booming. It's been a long time coming, but we're booming now. But uh, yeah, that's going to do it for me. As always, I hope you enjoy. Tell me what you didn't like. Tell me what you like so we can make this a better listening experience for you guys. And yeah, so that's going to do it for me. And I'll see you guys in a bit. Peace. <laughs>